0: Hi, you've called the Mojo Radio Show. We can't come to the phone right now because we're about to start the show. But please wait for the tone, and the boys will be with you shortly. I got my mood to working, but it just won't work. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Mojo Radio Show. If you are new to the show, what do we do here? Well, we just find experts that we think have got something to offer, something special, an opinion or tips and tools to help you get your mojo working in and out of work. Now, it could be around creativity, something to do with your business, strategy, leadership, um, coming up with ideas, uh, you personally, your spirit. It could be about your wellness, your health, your food, exercise, Anything that we find interesting that we think is you could apply to your world to help you get your mojo working. If you are a regular, And you have subscribed to the show. A special welcome back. If you're visiting us for the first time, hope you enjoy. Thanks for hitting the download button. And if you can, folks, hit the review button on iTunes. Leave us a little review, good, the bad, the ugly, because it helps us spread the message, spread the love, spread the mojo. And sitting next to me here in the studio, let's consider him the cable tie that holds the whole show together. I've been thinking about that one, Robbo. Um, welcome, mate. How's it going? It's really good, mate. You've been, you've been working hard on that one. <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, I did take the, the journal down to the paddock this morning. Just sat right. there thinking now.
1: How what, am I going to tie this in? I, I,
0: I've done blue tack, I've done Aquadia, I've done gaffer tape. It's a cable tie. There you go. Because you, you can fix anything with a cable tie and a hammer. <laughs> anything with some a cable
1: tie and some and some gaffer tape. That's all you need, mate. Trust me.
0: There you go, buddy. Hey, uh, just talking go. about the
1: week. If you um, if you had a bit of a look at uh, what happened with last week's show. No why? mate. Nicola has hit some sort of button with our listeners. She is now, in in less than a week, she is up to half of the amount of downloads of what our most popular show has. What is the most popular show? Uh, the most popular show is actually Stephen Seagull's, believe it or not. <laughs> the boys from Finland, Thunderstruck. So we do a show about mojo and everyone tunes in for The Rock. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> we must be uh, doing you, something wrong. You can take The Boys out of Rock, but you can't take The Rock out of The Boys. That's the one. Um, that was, I must say, I... Um, I really did enjoy uh, speaking with and then even listening to Mm. Nicola back. It was a beautiful show and it just had so much centre and... How, they call it, how the French should say a little je ne sais quoi. Oh, I knew something. you were going to come out with watch. that one.
1: Jeez, you've been, working on, you've been working hard this morning, haven't you? Yes,
0: I've been working a few days. but yeah, I've done some prep work. You're the French. Now, um, <laughs> just uh, before we get down to this week's guest, who mm. is another international guest all the way from Java, yep. just a story I came across, which I I found interesting, was in menshealth.com. Mm. And given the fact we're off the back of Easter, and we all hit the eggs hard, I suspect.
2: Mm. Um,
0: just just a, a, a blog I found. The title of the blog is, Are You Becoming a Diabetic? Now, listen to these stats. 37% of Americans who are older than 20 years old, that's 86 million people, are pre-diabetic. Wow. Isn't that staggering? That's nutso, isn't it? Yet only 7% of them actually have an understanding that it's happening. So of the 86 million, wow. only seven percent, less than eight million people have actually got any clue yeah. that is going on, and if you don't do something about it and catch it, almost a third of those people within five years will become a diabetic. And diabetes, you know, in our Mojo Radio shows, stripped down, help to understand. There's basically you've got above normal glucose levels in your blood. So your, your blood sugar levels are higher than normal. Mm. Now, being pre-diabetic means they're higher than normal but not high enough to be classified as you know, type 1 or type 2 diabetic. Mm. But there are certain signs that you can look out for that may give you a hint. They're not definitive. It doesn't mean you are, but it may give you a hint there's something going on with your blood glucose that you might want to get checked out. Now... Here are the signs. The first thing is that you know what the bathroom looks like at night. So you are going to the bathroom regularly uh, during the night and, in fact, it could even be getting worse. We're talking, I don't know, two or three times during the night. Your skin looks dirty. That you notice there are dark patches on the skin, particularly on the back of your neck and things like that. That can be a sign. Uh, This is an interesting one, Robbo. You're having trouble reading. right.
1: Well, I just got glasses, but I haven't been going to the toilet at night and my skin's not blotchy. So,
0: (laughs) Well, it's just interesting that um, having high blood sugar levels in the long term damages the tiny blood vessels in your retina, which can blur your vision in one or both eyes. So that doesn't mean you're pre-diabetic. But if some of these things are starting to make sense to you, then it may be worth a check to go to the doctor. Now, the other thing, this is an interesting one, you're eating... You're eating lots, but you're losing weight. Wow! So this is quite yes. odd, isn't it? That yeah. you, you actually. Like,
1: yeah, there's a case of beer for you. But we've still got your phone on during the show. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no. It, in fact,
0: my everything rings. My my laptop rings, my iPad <laughs> rings, and my phone rings. Um, oh, you tech, guru, you. tech guru, you. Yeah, no, I, and I don't know how to turn it off. Um, <laughs> I just think that if anybody's listening, it's just worthwhile doing a, a quick audit on yourself. Any of those things send alarm bells. If they mm. do, send a little slight alarm bell. Do something about it, go and get a checker, because the only real way to tell if you are pre-diabetic or if you are, in fact, diabetic um, is to get a proper blood test to check your glucose levels, your triglycerides, and so on. So um, I just think that was an important thing to bring up. Um, And I find these stories, that, because we care about our listeners, we care about people making a difference. And if you are pre-diabetic and you're carrying too much glucose in your system, it would be affecting your mojo and it's probably affecting your mojo in the bedroom right through to the boardroom.
1: Mm. That's not good, is it? And, and you think, what would you say, 85 million people? 86 million people, 86 have, million people. are pre
0: diabetic now. And
1: doesn't it make you think what sort of medical dilemma is the states rocketing towards? That's just incredulous.
0: You could say say the states, mate, but I would think that given the fact that our own country of Australia Mm. is one of the fattest countries in the world per capita, I guarantee that our stats would be pretty much in line with anything in our friends in Europe. Yeah, well, I've
1: um, I've got my blood test coming up this week, so uh, I'll have to get mine off to get my results off to Michael when I get them, and he can... uh, Maybe we can get him on the line and see what he's got to say about all this.
0: Well, I think it'd be a very good idea. We could probably also, um, you know, following that, after see what Michael's had to say, and also, um, you know, then have a, another talk to Paul Schick-Luna, who had mm. lots to offer, um, specifically about Crohn's and, uh, and kind of where you're at. But anyway, we um, just before we go to our special guest, Robos, mm. a word of advice to our listeners. Mm. Um, don't leave this week's edition of the Mojo Radio Show until your timer says zero zero. Because the back end of the show, Ooh, the back you you a secret secrets, gonna... Gary. Yeah, well, it's a little, um, it's a little preview. It's a little setup of what's to come after the interview. So um, uh... I think it's pretty cool, and I'd hate for people to uh, to bail early and not catch your great production work. I love a good surprise, It's like those movies where people leave the cinema. <laughs> and they're all walking out of the cinemas, and the yep. bloopers come up, or the outtakes come up. You know, when yep. they're scrolling through the cast and directors, and all the gaps and stuff. And uh, it's the people who stay right to the death that sometimes get the best stuff. And I just yep. hate for people to bail and not get the uh, good uh, to get the good good stuff. Get the good so, oil. Um, get the good oil. Get the good stuff. Let's uh, let's get into it. Getting your mojo working. This. Um, the Mojo Radio Show. So this week's guest, Robbo, is um, all the way from Java, mm. and uh, I was reading a magazine, the collect- the Renegade Collective magazine. Now, we had Lisa Messenger on some mm. weeks ago, which was one of our highest-rating shows. Yeah. It certainly took a podium position on the Mojo Radio Show. And, and a lovely um, lady, too. Is Lisa? Ah, uh, yeah. She got a new book out as well. I mean, she's just the, the magazine, and she's just a star, but... Um, mm. And there was a really interesting article in there and it talked about a young guy and his mates who are doing wonderful work um, up in the Java area mm. uh, around Bali and stuff. And they uh, have got this one-for-one one model
2: mm. um,
0: and the company is called Smile Clothing. Anyway, so I contacted him and he very kindly has uh, taken some time out from his surfing and his clothes production Uh, business to Mm. chat to us on the phone. So um, Soren Molyneux, welcome to the Mojo Radio Show, mate.
2: Thanks very much for having us.
0: I was just telling Robbo, I saw an article in uh, Collective Magazine. We're a big fan of Lisa Messenger and the Collective team in there. And there was this really cool uh, article story on what you're doing with Smile Clothing. And I loved what I read. And we're so thankful to have you on the show. Can you just talk us through um, sort of what is Smile Clothing?
2: Yeah, of course. Um, Smile is a clothing label um, that me and a few buddies run, and it's uh, it's it's based on a one-for-one business modality. So, uh, in the simplest terms of that, it just means that for every garment we sell, um, we donate a school uniform or a t-shirt to a child in need somewhere in the, uh, usually in the developing world, obviously. Um, so, we've, we've, we've been sort of doing that um, without, with our business modality since inception, and it's that's, that's the whole reason we sort of came into into actuality.
0: So, what? Well, um, just give us some background, mate. Why smile? Like, what was the thought behind the whole thing? Oh,
2: geez, it must have been about six years ago now when it was first sort of conceptualised. I guess from from my point of view, and, and obviously had a chat with a few friends that later got involved and whatnot. But um, I I guess the main sort of catalyst was I actually saw a video on a U.S. company called Tom's um, who, who who sort of started a one-for-one footwear model. So for every pair of shoes sold, they gave an Argentinian child a, a pair of shoes, one-for-one. One. And sort of instant, instantly, um, as soon as I saw that video, I kind of knew, okay, well, yeah, I I think I think we could do that with um with school uniforms and clothing and uh yeah it all just sort of clicked from that but it was a pretty organic process to be honest so from that moment it just sort of went into a into a usual gestation period and we just figured out what on earth we were trying to do and how we wanted to do it uh sustainably and yeah I guess I guess now we find ourselves here So
0: with your formative years being spent up in Indonesia was that surfing? Uh
2: yeah. Yep. And and I mean that's how it started. I probably went to Indonesia for the first time when I was 17 or 18, I guess. And, uh, and yeah, that was about 11 years ago now. So um, when I first went up there, it was mainly for waves and, and just sort of general uh, travelling travelling through the islands and, and seeing stuff that, you know, again, you, you wouldn't see back at home. But then that sort of changed. The waves up here are, are brilliant, so there's always an element of, of getting out in the ocean and whatnot. But it sort of, it, it, it soon became something more and just a, an affinity with the place on on some level. And, and uh, yeah, just sort of, you know, I, I only used to come up here for like, maybe three or four weeks a year for a long time, obviously working back in Australia and, and doing some other stuff. So it was more just a holiday destination that me and, and a lot of my friends just felt comfortable spending, you know, that month away from Australia up in Indonesia. Yep.
0: So do you remember the sort of first steps you took in that gestation period to get this happening? Do you remember back to that time where you saw that video, you had the idea, do you remember the steps you went through in order to get it get it
2: to a point where you had something uh yeah I mean chronologically I'd probably struggle to piece it together but definitely the the main thing was back then when we were first setting out was um based around our clothing programs so who we go and administer the clothing programs with and through and you know what people do we have to contact and stuff like that so a lot of the early early days was just setting up um setting up correspondence and dialogue between orphanages and schools and yeah it was just sort of creating that dialogue with people that could act as our giving partners and and assist us with these clothing programs so that was definitely like the first the first kind of stages that that that, uh, we went through and then obviously behind that we also had to figure out how to have a clothing company as well because you know we I guess uh, partly due to naivety, we we didn't really set out to actually have a clothing company. It was more like we wanted to do the clothing programs, and then, okay, how do we do this sustainably? Yep. And then and then we had to sort of figure all that out, and you know, get samples made, and you know, get 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 everything from from the actual operating a business point of view, you know. But it, but it was it was fun, you know, because even even until very recently, uh, it, it was very much a hobby business for myself and and the other guys involved, but. I mean, it still is a hobby business. I just do it full-time now. But for a long time, you know, we were all working um, full-time jobs elsewhere. And then Smile was just our sort of hobby that we did, you know, our clothing programs once or twice a year. And and I just sort of, I guess, behind the scenes on weekends and and nights and stuff, just sort of ticked the business along in a hobby capacity.
1: Essentially, you were putting together two businesses then. You were putting together the sort of charity side of it and then the clothing business. And then those two businesses actually have to gel into one to become the model that is Smile. Was there ever a time that you just threw your hands in the air and just thought, this is all too hard, I, I've just got to walk away? And if there was, what sort of process did you go through to get past that?
2: Uh, no, definitely there was I – ha- I haven't had a time like that with Smile. I mm. think uh, – I don't know. Again, I just – I go back to the naivety thing, and, mm. and I, mm. I mean that in a positive way, I think. Yeah. You know, like I – it was never – uh, like a, a a preordained destination we're going to with this thing that we do it was kind of just like hey this is I guess what we want to have a have a crack at um, and let's just let's just sort of see where we end up and and because there was no sort of plans of grandeur or anything like that with regards to smile it's it's been a pretty organic process in 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 regards to growing the business and getting it to where it is now like it's I never think of it now I mean like like anything over time it's it's hard to sort of look back I mean if someone had told me the work involved back then then yeah maybe I would have had those moments that, that you referred to but I think certainly we've had challenges for sure but I guess because of the the business modality we operate on and the one-for-one one and and being on most of the clothing programs ourselves and, and seeing, you know, the small but valuable difference we are making, I guess it kind of, you know, it's constant, uh, you know, reaffirmation of what we're doing and stuff like that. So that probably helps as well, I'd say, yeah.
1: Naivety was your friend by the sounds of things because that's a huge task you took on. More kudos to you guys. That's brilliant. Yeah,
2: thanks very much. Yeah.
0: The range of fashion you've got, is it fair to say that you and the guys design stuff that you guys like primarily
2: yep yeah I, I definitely think so I think um, you know we try and keep things really basic with with regards to our saleable items um, you know pro- probably going back to you know what I was saying just before like you know we, we didn't set out to necessarily have um, you know uh, certainly not like an avant-garde clothing label that's pushing down any any, yeah. any boundaries or anything like that you know we we I uh, uh, I guess we, we kind of think of our range as just being a, yeah, definitely like a representation of us, but also a representation of what we're trying to be about, which is, you know, relative simplicity when it, when it comes to the actual garments designs, you know, we're, mm. we're trying to keep it fairly, um, I guess, generically uh, attractive because with our one-for-one model, we're not really necessarily trying to work within certain demographics we actually you know I'd love your auntie to wear a smile shirt as much as I would love someone that's 19 and attending university in Melbourne to wear one you know it's 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 if, if they support the one-for-one one giving and and they want to help a child in need on a one-for-one one basis then we're absolutely stoked to provide uh, a medium in which they can do that
0: the story I saw in collective magazine and looking at your website the I just love the stripped back nature of it and in hearing you talk now, you sound like a very authentic type of guy who just wants to do the right thing. The challenge is for charities like yourself or people wanting to do the right thing is the accountability and people being skeptical of what's happening behind the scenes. Is there a a process you've gone through in your own mind for accountability so that people know that Siren and the boys
2: are doing the right thing? Yeah, absolutely. But it's not without flaws, of course, um, yeah. which I'll get to in a second. But we get a lot of feedback that's, you know, I definitely wouldn't say negative, but I would say that it's um, inquisitive. You know, it's, it's it's questioning our clothing programs and just seeing, like, how it all works. M- most of our correspondence in that manner comes from a really good place. Like, people are sort of yeah. supporting what we do but just want to know some nuances yeah. behind there. Um, occasionally you get someone saying, um, you know something that's that's you know not great and certainly not truthful with with regards to um, you know a bit, but that happens all across sort of social enterprise or charitable um, endeavours I guess yeah we try and manage accountability um, by what we feel you know in our business model and in ourselves when we go on these clothing programs or we do our day to day work and and see the kids we're helping and 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 all those kind of things so for us. It's a pretty easy one, I, I would say, because because we see it every day and every every month. We own a clothing program, and and we see the results, you know. So, um, for us, it's it's a pretty easy one to balance, probably internally. Yeah. But in saying that, you know, we've also got to be mindful of 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 what we're actually doing, and 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 it's it's a hard one with social enterprise or charitable giving, because I often find that sometimes there is. Uh, criticisms or, or constructive criticisms that you really need to take seriously, and uh, and we're very mindful of that. So we we don't discount any ridicule, we don't discount any any challenges that we face, because you know somewhere somewhere within that there may well be some very valid points that can help not only us, but also the the recipients of our clothing, uh, programs, which is at the end of the day, not only the sole reason we're in existence, but also, you know, the, the main reason we, we keep going with it. Um, these days it's a lot easier with social enterprise and, and our, and our one for one model because people are less, uh, bemused by it because, you know, when I first started it and, and I would say what we do and, and, you know, I've got this hobby business and, and this is, this is what. Our, our, our rough plan is to provide children in need with, with these garments on a one-for-one one model, people would just be, you know, honestly just bamboozled. They'd just be like, what, what do you mean? That just makes no sense, you know? And, uh, you know, that was some years ago. And now with, with, I guess, a fair amount of social enterprise getting across to the mainstream, uh, these days those conversations are very, very different. I also think sometimes that people are making... Uh, examine choices which is the best thing they can do so they're like oh I've actually read an article about these guys and you know the the CEO drives a Mercedes Benz or something of that nature you know which I've heard with regards to different charities and stuff and what they do is they use those roadblocks as a as a as a barrier to helping anyone so then they just go about their normal life and and don't help anyone because it's very easy to go oh yeah well I was going to but then um, I read about this or I heard about that and I saw a program on this and and for whatever reason there's all these recipients of whether it's shoes or money or rice or water or whatever don't get that assistance because because no one could find the perfect balance if that makes sense so so from a consumer end I think it's I think it's very important to make those educated and, and examine decisions with your purchase, but also don't let those kind of, uh, things hinder giving because there's, there's a whole bunch of people and a whole bunch of companies across a whole, you know, manner of spheres in the world that are doing amazing things that are helping people that that truly do need it.
0: I think that's beautifully said, mate. I, um, I totally agree with what you've said just, um, on that, um, It's been successful. You're obviously enjoying the ride thus far. Um, What has been the success of Smile? Like how many kids have you been able to hand clothing to? Uh,
2: At the moment, um, we've been able to successfully deliver 8,000 garments to children in need. That's great.
0: And what's, apart from the children benefiting and communities benefiting, What's been the greatest
2: reward for, for you and the guys behind this? Oh, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's all just on those clothing programs, to be honest, guys. Like, um, you know, it, I mean, there's, there's so many good parts to what we do. You know, like I, I always say, you know, uh, our job's like the best, the best thing you could do. But it it's really comes into its own. Uh, goes into that next, next, next kind of echelon of, of enjoyment when you go on these clothing programs because you get to see, you know, what, what we're here for and, and, and what we're doing it all for and what those late nights and long days and, you know, computer hours and all that kind of stuff that we do as part of our, part of our gig, you get to see what it's for and, and you get to see these communities in, in places that, you know, we may not have gone um, and these kids that we may never have met, and they're just stoked to see, you know, a, a, bunch, of, a bunch of people just coming and, and helping out where they can. And, and, you know, we're very mindful that the difference we do make is, is you know, it's not, it's not the be-all and end-all, you know. We're not, we're, not, we're not shifting planets kind of thing with our giving programs. However... You just get to see those little those little moments of stoke in the kids' faces, or even the teachers if it's a school, or the or the volunteers if it's a, if it's a foundation or an orphanage, and and you get to see that um, on on a on a personal level, and and it's and it's obviously very very gratifying and very humbling. So you know they're definitely the best parts. And another one we actually did a clothing program up in um, up in uh, Arnhem Land in in the Northern Territory. Um, early two thousand and thirteen, and we'd been trying since, or pretty much since inception, to, to have an Australian clothing program. And for whatever reason, we, we found that challenging getting getting through the right, um, you know, the right channels and, and right ways to get there. And we ended up um, successfully doing a clothing program up in a town called Namblewa, which is right up there in in the Cape, and it was just beautiful to do one you know in in australia because it was not only a, a long time goal of ours but it was also just an amazing experience to see a part of australia that i had previously not even come remotely close to to seeing and uh, and to be able to go help some kids up there in in, in an indigenous community was 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 a really uh, validating thing for us as Australians, you know, because a lot of our work is done overseas. Um, mm. and, and to be able to do that on, on home soil, as it were, was a super nice experience.
0: What's What's been the most surprising thing for you, mate? I mean, you had this idea at the start, got the guys together, you started doing it. If you were talking to somebody who said, you know what, it's time for me to do something from someone else, what's been the stuff that you didn't expect that surprised you as, a, as an outcome of this? Probably
2: like, like any endeavour that you start, from from scratch. I think just time, you know, like everything takes a lot of time and a lot of effort to sort of get to a level where where it is a, an actual thing and, and, and a moving set of cogs, if you will. You know, it takes takes a lot of time to, to do anything. But mm. I think to anyone starting out, and especially someone that, that wanted to help others along the way, um, you know, I, I think that's that's the greatest thing you can you can do and, and you know, just just start today and get it going. But I guess the biggest surprise for us is just like the support we get, I think. You know, it's like not not saying it's unvalidated at all, but just just every day, every week we're we're pretty humbled with, with the support we continue to get and you know, take take this phone call for example, you know, like you know every little interview that we do, and every little story that's written, or or every email from a customer saying, "Hey guys, thanks thanks for what you're doing." You know, like those things are the surprises we get every week, and 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 they don't sort of they don't lessen in importance yeah. for us. You know, we're pretty we're pretty stoked on that uh, each each and every week or, or month. You know,
0: but the photography you've got on your website and the stuff you do in general, it's just it's absolutely brilliant like it's the photography is amazing and the design i love the simplicity of it um what Have you had to learn all that? Like, are you taking most of these beautiful photos and are you doing all this stuff yourself or are you and the guys? Like, do you do, did you have a background in this stuff?
2: No formal background in, in photography, but, I mean, not, I've been shooting photos, for, you know, since I was 16, 17, and, and I've always found it pretty interesting. Um, with regards to the smile images, yeah, most of them are, are um, shot from my camera. Certainly not all and, and we've got some really talented friends that, that, that help us out from time to time, whether it's for surf photography or whether it's for um, landscape photography and, and whatnot. Um, you know, we're we're pretty blessed with having some, some very amazing and talented friends in that in that sphere. But yeah, most of the images are mine, but there's no 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 formal background, just sort of a lot of a lot of time out on the road and I mean, you know, these days the cameras are that good that there's 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 not not too much uh talent required from my end i guess and the simplicity of our website again is is mainly just to to focus on on what we do as opposed to sort of uh having too much background noise and whatnot and, and right now we're actually we're only days or maybe one week away from launching our new website which is even further stripped back and and more imagery driven and um yeah we're, we're really excited to to launch that probably next week mm-hmm. so so um yeah, that'll be nice.
0: It's great, mate. The photograph i love the photography. I love the whole vibe and the whole feel of what you're doing. It's good. And did you do you design most of the clothing yourself, or you with the with the boys? I mean, do you outsource that, or you take it on yourselves and do that? Uh,
2: no, I'm, I, I, do, I, do, I, do, I do. I do the design for for the clothing. Um, huh? And uh, I mean, some of our women's stuff um, is is. Uh, Sort of, I, I, I get a lot of assistance um, from from my girlfriend and, and some other friends and stuff like that because <laughs> yes. I, I guess you know I'm probably not.
1: What do you mean you don't keep up on women, women's fashions, mate?
2: Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not reading. I'm not reading the correct magazines. <laughs> yeah, think, obviously. But, uh, <laughs> because of its simplicity, I mean, it's pretty basic. So if we follow that design sort of ideology with regards to our clothing, then. It's it's all pretty follow your nose kind of stuff, I guess. But um, I think if we if we ever branch out and do some do some other stuff, especially with regards to women's stuff, you know, um, then then yeah. Yeah. I'll obviously need more help along the way. But but with regards to the men's stuff, I mean, you know, and another thing is, even though there was no formal education in say clothing design, for instance, I've, I've been doing it a long time now. So it's kind of like again with that incrementality of, of learning, you just you know, I've sort of I've just, I've had years now. I've just sort of making mistakes and, and of them, there's been plenty and just, just, you know, now I'm sort of, it's just like doing a, a long-term apprenticeship, I guess, is, is the best way to look at that side of things for sure. Well,
1: you're doing a good job, mate, because, um, I left my laptop open last night and I was doing a bit of research for today's interview and, um, my 11 year old came around the corner with my laptop in his hand and said, dad, see these shorts here. Can you buy me a pair of those? Oh, <laughs> fantastic.
0: <laughs> Okay, yeah. just got today's sale. Go.
2: Nice
0: <laughs> <laughs> subtle hint, Dad. <laughs> yeah. Mate, just just before we let you go, because I know you have got plenty going on up there in Java. But um, you, this, this whole journey started with surfing. Is it still part of your world for you and the
2: guys? Yeah, definitely. It's um, you know, it's, it's it's what sort of binds us all to to a, to an extent. You know, me and me and on, me and the other guys involved. You know, we all we all have always and probably will always spend a lot of time in the ocean. It's. Um, but, you know, we grew up on the Australian Eastern Seaboard, so that's not too dissimilar to, to everyone, yeah. I guess, yeah. you know, on, on, on some level. And, uh, you know, for us, it's it's definitely living over here a part of our life, but it's also, like, um, I guess important to note that it's not necessarily, um, uh, you know, like, for, for example, Smile is not a surfing company or a surfing brand. You know, it's just that Smile is, uh, I guess, run by a bunch of guys that like surfing and like spending time in the ocean. So, I guess there's a crossover there for sure, but it's it's more just, you know, what what we like doing, you know. Um, all of us involved in Smile are, are very interested in travelling, very interested in helping people where we can and very interested in surfing in the ocean. So, all those things are sort of Background themes to our endeavor just because of, just because of lifestyle, if nothing else, you know? Yeah. That's
0: cool. I think that's just uh, such a great story, mate. Just before we let you get on with your uh, day over there, um, so people listening to it, they're into what. You- into what you're saying, they want to see the stuff we've talked about. Where, where would you send them? What's the best address to send people to pick up these shorts and shirts and ladies, men stuff and to see the beautiful work you're doing?
2: Yeah, at the moment definitely um, for Australian listeners obviously uh, the the best way would just be going to our website which is www.smartclothing.co. Um, and that, that's sort of our main outlet when it comes to Australian sales at this point. Um, up in Indonesia, we've got a couple of retail spaces um, that, that um, stock stock our, our, our stuff and this year in, into 2015, as it starts opening up, we will um, – we're looking at expanding our retail presence in Australia. But at this stage, definitely just, just the website would be the best the best call. It's
0: cracking. You know, something has occurred to me, Robbo, when you talked about the um, uh, the kids coming in and seeing your laptop open mm. and that occurred to me while Soren was talking is that this would make the best present for somebody. Oh, totally. Because I just like the idea you give a present to somebody and tell a backstory yep. to the present as opposed to being – just a present it's got a real story and by purchasing it you're helping somebody else it's a great right. story to the person you're giving it to so um i reckon for birthdays and anniversaries and mm-hmm. christmas and everything else this is uh should definitely be a bookmarked to go in there because the stuff's good but it just got such a good backstory spend up and spend up big folks
2: yeah it's um it's it's like our customers we, we love hearing those kind of stories you know especially mm-hmm. leading into christmas obviously we're very busy um mm-hmm. Uh, as most companies would be in in that space, but also just with 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 regards to that sort of uh, you know that giving, I guess uh, you know modality in there, it's it's great as you said for birthdays. and We get people mm. all the time emailing us and saying like you know you know it's it's my brother's or partner's or you know dad's birthday or whatever it is, and mm. and, and we wanted to we wanted to get them a, a present, and mm. and you know thanks very much for allowing this to happen as as well as being able to help a child in need because I guess just to go back quickly to the um, to the website and the imagery and, and I guess the simplicity of what we're trying to do, you know, I, I always say to people, um, for, for us, for the guys that smile, if if we're doing our job correctly, all we're doing is acting as a conduit um, between the people that want to help people and the people that need help. Mm. That's it. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, a lot of, A lot of people um, in certain walks of life um, you know can't just you know have a, have a social enterprise and, and start up something where they travel and, and spend time away from their family and their jobs and stuff like that. But, but everyone inherently still wants to help. It's just that they need to be shown, and they need to have have that conduit between who they're going to help and themselves because everyone leads very busy lives more often than not. So mm. for us, it's just it's our job to sort of bring them along on our clothing programs or, or, or get them out on the open road through our imagery and through our films on the website and, and just try and sort of show them the difference that they are making because at the end of the day, all we really are is that conduit. You know, we're, we're not making... The difference It's its our customers and our supporters mm. that are making the difference and, and helping to clothe these children or, or send them to school with a uniform. And and for us, it's like, you know, we're so happy to be that medium, to be that channel. Um, so, we're just going to keep trying to do that in the best way we can, I guess.
1: Yeah. And it's just occurred to me too, and Gary, maybe you have an insight into this with the corporate contacts that you have. But, I mean, if, if companies like Smile you know, in the next 10, 15 years start doing amazing things and, and you know, um, putting a bit of pressure on the bigger retailers. Do you think that maybe that puts pressure on them to sort of change their ways and, and maybe give a bit more back than they do now as well?
0: I think it's happening, Robbo. I think that I think that process is, is slowly but surely happening. I think the thing I like about Smile is that there's no, we'll give 10%, we'll give a small part of our profits, we'll give a token donation. It's, you buy one, we give one, and That's I right. think the one for one Absolutely. model is going to shake things up. Where it's yeah. transparent, it's serious. There's no percentages or you know, you spend ten dollars, we'll give twenty cents. It's like a, it's just it's it's simple, it's clean, mm. and it's brilliant, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it's, I, I would agree with Gary there. Like I, I think it's definitely changing. You know, the mm. the retail environment, not only in clothing, but in in everything, food, beverage, um, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. most industries, things are slowly turning that way because. People, you know, people want more a lot of the time, and not not only more for themselves, but more more for others. And mm. and you see companies even in Australia like um, like Thank You that, that started as the water company, yeah. Thank yep. You Water, and have gone on to yep. to food and, and perishables, I think, in, mm. in coals or whatnot. You know, like that's that's just great because then you, you know you've you've got the option when you go there, and uh, and that's all it is. It's it's about providing customers, um, and you know, I'd I'd rather. I'd rather say people than customers, but you know it's providing people with with choices where where they can help out um, where previously they probably didn't have that option it's more about you know taking note of of you know what good stuff can do and and I think that mm-hmm. in fifteen years from now you know how, how nice would it be that if if you did have a start and people would want to know oh you know what else does it do? I think that's um you know, a pretty exciting place that potentially we could find ourselves in in, in the not-too-distant future.
0: Yep, yeah, I think it started. Well, mate, um, on behalf of Rob and I, thank you so much for uh, stopping in. We love the tagline, give first, wear second. Um, we'll put the address for the shop onto our show notes for this, and, um, mate, we'll get some of the gear ourselves and uh, we'll... Pr- and, and the good thing is that if Robbo gets a T-shirt, mate, it'll be a pretty sizable billboard. So, um... <laughs> Well, he's already sold a pair of shorts, so, you
1: know, <laughs> let's see what else we can find
0: while I'm there.
2: Thanks very much for having me, guys. So, really appreciate it.
1: You're welcome, mate. Thanks for coming on so early. Awesome. Thanks for your time, man. Cheers. See you.
0: The Mojo Radio Show. What I loved about that is the boys have taken a passion of surfing, holidaying up there in Asia um, and helping others bundle the whole thing together to do something to do good for others, which I really love. But I couldn't help but think, you know, during that interview, we were talking surf and sand, and it made me think of Australian summers. When you think of Australian summers, what voice comes to mind for you? What voice? Oh. Yes, yeah, so if you're thinking summer and a voice that is well, it'd have to have representative.
1: Yeah, it'd have to be. You have to be. Richie Benno or Bill Laurie or one of those sort of guys, definitely.
0: Yeah, and I, I agree. And we just had sad news this week that um, Richie Benno, at the age of 84, passed away, and he'd been fighting uh, melanoma, a skin cancer, mm. and he lost a battle and passed away quietly in his sleep. And, um, yeah. you know, it was, as you know, the media was full of stories and tributes, and rightly so. I mean, a, a thing, and the thing I took out of it, Robo, he was... He was a true gentleman, mm. and when he walked in the room in the commentary box or onto the dressing room or onto the cricket field, he was a, a leader, mm. but he did it by leading by example and by being a gentleman rather than having to be outspoken, bully, push, be political, and I really rate that. I think it's a, it's a sad loss for cricket, a sad loss for Australia.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's sort of it's sad too because you with some of these people because you know it's coming, you know, you know that you know they're old and they have these hideous diseases and all that sort of stuff, but still, you know, it's not until they actually do pass that you actually stop and go, you know, wow, that is, you know, such a huge loss for you know, for the sport, for the country, like you say, almost for our lifestyle with Richie, because he's pretty much synonymous with, with summer, isn't he?
0: Well I don't think summer for any Australian particularly those who love their sport, I don't think any summer will be complete now. No. Um, because he was the voice. I mean, even I can listen to all the voices now, but you really wait for Richie's voice to know it's summer, it's a cricket season, it's mm. game on. Mm. And I uh, mm. just like the the learning for me with Mojo is that, you know, some people aren't overt, they're not loud, they're not bolshy, they're not the one that pushes. But you can be... A leader, you can be admired, you can inspire, and you can do it by being a gentleman, you can do it by de- demonstrating lovely, lovely qualities.
1: Mm.
0: Um, and hearing the tributes from you know modern day cricketers, cricketers from the past, journalists, mm. producers, anyone who worked with him and around him, yeah. spoke so highly of him. Yeah, just uh. You know to have his manner on and off the field to be so highly respected. I think it's a learning for leaders you don't have to be the loud, bolshy, tough no person you can do it by being That's you know, right. kind and empathetic and
1: emotional. And well let's look at the black opposite. Let's look at Jeremy Clarkson. <laughs> you know what's the what's yeah, what's the, what's yeah, the learning from that? Let's be honest. Yeah, you mean, know I couldn't get a stake, so I belted someone honestly. Hello. I wonder why you lost massive, your job. Massive fallout. Yeah. Mm, massive Absolutely. Fallout. Hey, listen, nah, just quickly before we go, something that gets my mojo going and, and probably not all of our listeners out there, something else that happened overnight, mate, something big. Do you have any idea what I might be talking about? Uh, no. ACDC, nothing. Sydney, November 6, 2015. Oh, really? Yep. Hey, just to, some quick stats. Cop this. In 20, they released their tickets in Europe for their European leg of the tour a couple of weeks ago. In 24 hours... Have a stab how many tickets you reckon they might have sold? I uh, got okay, no idea. 1.34 million. Wow. isn't that insane? Insane. And go, just, o- go Aussie. Yeah, absolutely. And just some some more kudos for the boys. Promoters reportedly wanted to charge between $200 and $350 for a ticket. And the boys have turned around and said, nah, we, uh, we want to make sure that everyone who, uh, who follows us and supports us can get a ticket. So they've told the promoters that they're not to charge anything more than $99 for C tickets and $159 for A-class tickets. So um, more kudos to the boys.
0: I'll tell you what, having seen ACDC a number of times through my career at the M's and worked on a lot of the albums, the singles, the tours, if you pay 99 bucks and you are someone anywhere in the world... Forks out, and I think that's a very, very reasonable price for absolutely. an outstanding show like that. It doesn't matter yeah. where you are in the stadium, no, you will rock out absolutely. <laughs> and when the cannons go, you will need earplugs because yeah. uh, you know, I've, I've been in shows and I've sat all over the stadiums, and there's not a bad scene at an ACDC concert, no.
1: No, and and I've got to be honest because it's it's possible that this could be their last tour. I'm I'm actually going to take the boys just so they can say you know when they when they're my age. Well, I actually saw ACDC live because I, you know, I, I'm a huge fan and it's probably not, they're probably not my favourite Australian band, but I'm a huge fan and a huge fan of what they've achieved. And I think, you know, for my boys to be able to sort of, you know, sit back in 30, 40 years' time and, and talk about seeing ACDC, I think that'd be amazing.
0: Well, I think a fitting way to finish the show, Robbo, is to say for those who are subscribing to the Mojo Radio Show, we salute you. Absolutely. For those, for those about to rock, <laughs> we salute you. Indeed. See you next week. And uh, that's what it is, so far as I'm concerned. Time to say goodbye. Thank you for having me. It's been absolutely marvellous.